You're listening to Rock's Heart Radio. This month, Roxana Moran gets a preview of what's happening at ESC 2023 from Victoria Delgado and John McMurray. Hello, it's Roxana Moran from ICANN School of Medicine at Mount Sinai, and welcome to this Rock's Heart Radio uh, podcast with my fantastic special guests. We, in this month of August, are, are focusing on the highlight of the month of August, which is the ESC Congress. And we are very, very lucky today with our guests. Our guests include two of my really, really close colleagues who have worked with over the last year on the program committee of the ESC. And of course, uh, they should be well recognized. First and foremost, uh, we have Professor John McMurray, who is a professor of medical cardiology and deputy director of the Institute of Cardiovascular and Medical Sciences at the University of Glasgow in UK. And he's also the honorary consultant cardiologist at the Queen Elizabeth University Hospital in Glasgow. Everyone knows John McMurray, but for this past year, I've gotten to know him so, so closely as, as the program chair of the ESC scientific sessions of 2023 in Amsterdam. Welcome, Professor McMurray. If it's okay, I'm going to be calling you John. Of course, it's fine to call me John Roxana, and thank you very much for all your help in developing the program. Oh, no, thank you so much. It's been amazing. You're such a great leader, and it's just been so much fun over the last year putting this program together. But let's make sure we also recognize our second guest, who is uh, a close friend, a fantastic colleague, one of the best cardiologists that I know, uh, Dr. Victoria Delgado, who is assistant professor of medicine cardiology at University Hospital German Trias Pojol in Barcelona in Spain. And of course, also one of the chairs of the clinical program committee, the CPC, especially on the imaging. Uh, her expertise is incredible, her mentorship. And I just love working with you, Victoria. Welcome to the program. I'm so happy you have to have you back. Thank you so much, Roxana, for the opportunity. And always, uh, the pleasure is mine. I learn from all of you, and it's always so wonderful to meet you uh, all uh, outside work and uh, doing these uh, scientific activities that are always very rewarding. So thank you so much. Thank you. And so ESC Congress 2023 Amsterdam, like the highlight of the month, August 25th to the 28th, both on-site and online. Uh, and it, it, it really takes a village to put a program like this together. John, I'm going to come back to you. What an amazing program you put together with your leadership. But really important is to kind of talk about ESC program in general and how inclusive it is and how much work goes into it behind the scenes and what to expect for everyone who's attending in person, hopefully most are, or even online. So you're absolutely right, Roxana. Um, it was a team of over 60 cardiologists, including yourself and Victoria, and of course the outstanding team from the European Heart House who helped put together this I think really exciting and comprehensive program. And I think we're going to bring the latest updates across the whole spectrum of cardiology. And as you know, our program always kicks off on Friday with a overview of new guidelines. So that's very important. And then the other highlight of the 
programmer is the late breaking science. And this year we have 17 late breaking science sessions, including nine hotlines, a total of 115 clinical trials, clinical trial updates, and registries will be presented. Um, as I said, we cover everything. I, I can go into more detail of you. But we mustn't forget also all the other sessions. We've got 189 scientific sessions, variety of types. One of my favorites, and I think we had the most fun drawing up, were the great debates that we're going to have. There'll be 3,500 abstracts presented by over 3,000 investigators from 86 different countries. There'll be posters, there'll be clinical cases. Um, we've got a two sort of special features running through the program, digital health and uh, clinical implementation. All the major medical and cardiology journals will be present at the Congress, so you'll be able to catch up on what's been the most important papers published over the past year. And I think maybe something we mustn't forget is that it doesn't end at the end of the Congress on the Monday afternoon, because the whole content will be available on ES365 afterwards for you to continue to, to learn. So it's really, it's a huge event. No, I know. And, you know, I, I always say that at ESC, there's something for everyone. And then it becomes so overwhelming when you think about it and when you hear what you just told us about what's there. And so if I'm a hungry cardiologist, how am I supposed to find what I really want? And maybe, Victoria, you could help us and uh, tell us, like, how, I mean, the hotline sessions obviously are just like the for me, that's where I go. I am like already all of them are on my program. And whenever I have a chance, I'll be there. And I often think about when we are sitting behind the scenes and you and I, Victoria, sat there on the seats, you know, writing sessions and how we cared so deeply about diversity of the program, making sure that there was something for everyone and very important diversity in the faculty that were presented, not just on the basis of sex or gender, but rather also on the regional, bringing the entire globe together in a way that everyone could speak the same language. And we were so cognizant as we were putting that program together. So Victoria, how are you gonna find what you want in there at ESC? So I think that uh, asking first uh, the searching engine that we have, the app, that is very important to get ready and download the app at the phone that is going to help you to find the sessions that you are interested in. But it's also, you are going to see when you check the program that many sessions are kind of interrelated. I think that the program, you will see that the diversity is secure because even some topics that you may think that are mainly heart failure, they are also interrelated, for example, with imaging, with interventions, with EP. And if you go to a session that is much more focused on imaging originally, perhaps in the title, you are going to be, see that is much more focused to answer a clinical question that we have. So that speaks to the entire cardiology community in a way. It's not focusing much on the techniques only, but giving the broad spectrum, the broad view of how you use these techniques in clinical practice so that everybody can speak the same language in a way and where you have an uh, open forum discussion for different super specialities 
to uh, bring the best treatment, the best diagnosis for the patient. So in a way, bringing up the heart team, not only for surgery and cardiology, but for many other situations where the patient is not only belonging to uh, one superspeciality, but bringing all the different modalities, all the different disciplines to get the best treatment for the patient. So I think that the program brings that. Even if you look at the hotlines, you can see that uh, we can go, for example, if we go to the hotline one that uh, we have already marked, you start with heart failure and preserve ejection fraction, but then you move to, to atrial fibrillation and you see not only the treatment with electrophysiology, but also with uh, after surgery, for example. So in a way, everything is interrelated and giving a broad view of the patient, not uh, focusing too much into one technique. So great. I mean, I obviously I'm a little bit biased. One of the things that I you know, I love the ESC4 is a lot of the networking that happens with, with our hubs and, and also the ESC TV that's very, very interactive and the, and the open forum and the open feeling of how the, the team at the European Heart, European Society of Cardiology works so hard in creating an environment that is very conducive to learning, to networking, to feeling comfortable in your space and not lost. So I know there's a lot there, but as my bias will always bring me back to the science, I want to pick John's brain uh, because, John, this year there are so many uh, late-breaking trials. And in your subspecialty that you've just published tremendously on because you're really truly one of the legends in heart failure uh, therapies and what you've done and, and, and the, the work that you've done on the clinical trials, what are you looking forward to? This year, which one of the trials are you really excited about? Well, I'm I'm going to cheat by not answering your question straight away, but I, I do want to point out something Victoria has mentioned, which is really the breadth of what we're covering. So, we have trials on acute coronary syndromes, coronary intervention, atrial fibrillation, as Victoria said, ablation, but also anticoagulation, acute and chronic heart failure, pacing and CRT cardiac arrest and resuscitation, shock, amyloidosis, myocarditis, cardiovascular oncology, and even COVID-19. So there's a huge choice of things to pick from. But my own choices would probably be, in my area, heart failure, I would pick step FPEF and uh, heart FID. I'll come back to those. But I also have one that I really love, outside my own area, but I think relevant to most of us who do general cardiology, and that's NOAA AFNET6. But let's go through those three very quickly. Step FPEF is looking at the use of semaglutide, a GLP-1 receptor agonist, in patients who've got FPEF who are living with obesity, such a common comorbidity in that heart failure phenotype. And this trial is going to test whether or not um, losing weight as a result of treatment with semaglutide improves symptoms and functional capacity. Well, let me stop yep. you there. But sure. after Select was just presented, don't you, this is I, I'm I feel like this is going to be a positive trial. I don't know, but <laughs> I, I'm not going to. I mean, it just in half path. You would imagine 
uh, so much of the weight loss situation also is associated with less inflammation, less, I mean, less of everything well, that's bad for you. It seems uh, like it's really sort of the topic of the of the year, isn't it? I, I concur. That press release was dynamite, wasn't it? And uh, <laughs> oh my uh, goodness, um, really dynamite. I, yeah. I, I, I like you would be very surprised if we don't hear some good news. So, and by the way, that's the very first trial in the very first hotline kicking off the Congress. So I think that's uh, that's really well positioned. It, my second trial in, in heart failure in my own area was the heart FID uh, trial led out of Duke. And um, that's really the largest and will be the definitive trial looking at intravenous iron therapy in patients with heart failure, reduced ejection fraction of good iron deficiency. And that, by the way, is between a third and a half of those patients. So I think we're really looking forward to that. We had some equivocal evidence in a couple of other recent moderate-sized trials, so we need a clear answer. And I think the beauty of this hotline is that there will also be a brand new meta-analysis putting heart, heart FID and all the other iron trials together. So I think we're going to leave that session with a definitive answer about intravenous iron. And then to, to finish with, I'll just mention one outside my own area, but is, an, is a problem that bugs almost all of us, I think, all the time. And that is, should you anticoagulate those patients who have brief episodes of atrial fibrillation? And that's what the NOAA AFNET 6 trial again on the first day is going, I hope, to give us an answer to because that is a randomized controlled trial looking at the effect of a, um, a non-vitamin K oral anticoagulant in those patients with short-lived episodes of atrial fibrillation. So I've been looking forward to an answer to that question for a long time and hopefully we're going to get it in just a few weeks. Yeah, no, I think those are really, really definitely very, very exciting. And I would say like right after that presentation, you also have the COP-AF, which also is, I think, um, you know, I, I graded it highly. I thought it was an important uh, study with uh, colchicine and, and especially in the perioperative AFib where we know there's a lot of inflammation. And you would imagine that it would be important uh, to actually evaluate that as well. So, yeah, I mean, really, really exciting. Um, what about you, Victoria? What's hot for you? Which one are you? I mean, it seems like we have to go everywhere, but certainly that first day seems like a really, really great day. Uh, but tell us what, what you're excited about. Well, being uh, one of the chairs of one of the uh, task force guidelines uh, on infective endocarditis, I have my bias. Yeah. Finally, we will present uh, those guidelines that I think I want to bring new recommendations and uh, new uh, concepts. So I, I, I hope that we deliver a very good product <laughs> and people, the audience will be happy about that. But then, of course, being from imaging, I also have my heart into the late-breaking trials for imaging. Wow. And there are even uh, randomized trials as well in, in that field. There is a large registry, for example, the Danica 3, with the Danish study on non-invasive imaging for uh, diagnosing coronary artery disease. And then we have... Uh, one randomized trial in transcatheter aortic valve uh, implantation, whether you use CT or CMR, since there, are, since there are some patients that perhaps 
the kidney function is uh, not um, very good and you may risk uh, damaging further the kidneys by using the contrast. So uh, evaluating whether CMR could be also of help in those patients even to assess the femoral axis, that would be one of the trials that I will be uh, looking for. And um, for the rest, really, as I said, I, I still working, <laughs> searching for the sessions where I want to attend. I know it's and, tough, um, yeah. running around wanting all of it. But tell me, what what else? And I have uh, during this summer we have uh, an student uh, that just finished uh, medical school or is about to finish, and he joined us as a fellow. So it's gonna be for him the first ESC congress because he's from Amsterdam. Who is, so he's oh. really much looking forward, and he was picking the sessions that he wanted and he was really looking forward for the clinical cases. So I said, that's a very good choice. You will see a nice challenging cases that will help you also to understand why you studied this, why you studied that and how you move forward with your research. So I'm really looking forward to hear his feedback as well. No, I know. And I mean, I think uh, there's just so much, uh, there's so much excitement nine hotline sessions. The one I love obviously is has to do with interventions and, and of course, transcatheter aortic valve and, and just the, just so much of our subspecialty is being represented over at, at ESC, which is exciting to see. I think uh, we've been waiting for this OCT versus angiography Alumion 4 trial, which is going to be presented on that uh, hotline number four. And I'm really, really excited to see that. But not only that, but other very important trials like the October trial, which is looking at uh, bifurcation, the Octivus study with where it's OCT versus IVIS, just so much. And then, of course, we're ending with a major meta-analysis that uh, is going to look at which imaging modality is best probably for improving outcomes in patients undergoing PCI. That, to me, is a really hot day. And then, of course, following with uh, even more exciting pharmacology. But what I'm really excited about is the, is the trial that Holger Thiel is going to present, which has to do with the, with the ECMO um, in cardiogenic shock, the ECLS shock trial that he's presenting that uh, really is uh, one of the, I think that's hotline number three, uh, because I know that because I'm, I'm chairing that, but I'm really excited about that because that particular study is yet again another randomized trial in, in looking at cardiogenic shock. This is very, very difficult uh, to do, and Holger Thiel does it extremely well. And then the other one that I'm really excited about is this aspirin-free strategy after the STOP-DAP trial 3, which I think is very important, is thinking about what goes on after we're all done with, uh, with our, you know, for chronic maintenance. And I think that's going to be very, very important uh, study as well. So, so much uh, to cover. But what I love is what you've done, which we do all the time uh, at ESC. You know, you only get, you work 10 years for a clinical trial. You get 10 minutes up there. <laughs> and, uh, and, and it's the most frustrating thing for, for us investigators. And then what you're doing at ESC is, is having in hubs that are very open. And I think it's Hub Rembrandt that's been uh, devoted to a lot of the ask the try list for the different yeah. hotlines, which I think are going to be extremely well uh, received. Do you want to talk a little bit about that ask the try list uh, sessions? Very and much, Roxana. I, I, I completely agree with you. I mean, I, 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 trials uh, 
are run by a large group of people, a huge amount of effort over a very long time goes into them and they have to condense everything. Uh, and one person stands up and speaks for the group. And we wanted to give people more time to ask the questions they want to ask, to meet the other people involved in the trial. So this year, I think we're having up to five members of trial steering committees will be available at that hub to meet the investigators to try and answer any questions that they might have. And I hope that will, again, give people the opportunity and, and hopefully the inspiration to become clinical trialists and to become the people who are up there in the future, um, giving good news out to their colleagues. Yeah, no, there's no question about that. And then we can't finish this podcast. We can go on for hours talking about the ESC program, but I think we've given a really great snapshot to the to the listeners. But I don't want to leave without the coverage of the guidelines every year at ESC. I don't know how you guys do it. You do it so much better. <laughs> You're very nimble, able to produce large numbers of, of guidelines every year. I think there are four guidelines coming out. That's right. Um, yes. Victoria, you want to talk about the one you're involved in and then maybe others and why, why we're so excited about these? Yeah, well, the one that I'm involved is uh, endocarditis on infective and um, sorry, the guidelines on infective endocarditis. And the last ones were in 2015. And uh, there have been uh, several advances so that. Uh, make it um, needed to uh, renew and to review the guidelines again and see whether uh, new recommendations are needed. So I think that this will be one of uh, the guidelines that will be expected. Then there are also the guidelines on acute coronary syndromes, if I'm correct. Yes, exactly. yes. I'm, yes. I'm really looking forward to seeing <laughs> those, that's for sure. Acute coronary syndromes is what I saw. Cardiomyopathies, wow, yes. that's very, very important. Endocarditis, uh, what am I missing? Cardiovascular disease and diabetes. Oh, my goodness. Very, very important. And then for the first time ever, we're going to have a focused update, breaking the, the normal four or five-year cycle. So we published the ESC heart failure guidelines last in 2021. But so much has happened since those guidelines were published that there's going to be a focused update at this year's Congress. So four guidelines and a fifth focused update on, on heart failure. So again, an awful lot of stuff covering an awful lot of cardiology. Oh, it's tremendous. I mean, I think the, 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 the plethora of, of information, it's just like you're, it's like you're drinking from a fire hose. I, I think it's extremely difficult. Uh, but uh, we are very, very excited about this year's program. It'll be one of the, the best. And I think, I believe it's the year that we'll all be coming together and not feel like we're dealing with the pandemic. And that for that, I am so excited. I hope we can be that way, but I believe that that's the case. Um, thank you so much for being on this. I, I was going to say, what are you guys going to do for fun um, before we leave? At, in, in Amsterdam, right? John, are you going to have any time to even like take a little break and have a, a little fun? Yeah, I, I'm, I'm hoping sleep, sleep is my goal. <laughs> if I can get some sleep at night between the early, early morning, uh, anticipating the day and late night reviewing the day 
TV sessions with everything else in the middle, um, a good night's sleep would be a great achievement. You'll get some good cheese and some good <laughs> beer or something there at, in Amsterdam, I hope. You'll find some time for that. Victoria, what about you? What fun are we doing? Yeah, probably now I'm going, tomorrow I'm going for a short break before ESE. That, that for me will be already good to start and uh, getting in with all the things, all the agenda and uh, everything planned so that when we arrive, we have sometimes, uh, some time to go to the canals of uh, Amsterdam, to walk uh, uh, along the canals and to see nice uh, terraces where I can, as you said, perhaps drink a nice beer yeah. and a little bit of cheese or a bit of ballet, yeah. also a good one. That's right. Well, you won't see me on any bikes, let me just say. I def you will definitely see me drinking some good beer and some good cheese, but really, really excited for ESC 2023. I can't tell you what an amazing year it's been for me to be working with the two of you. You're both fantastic. Thank you for joining today and on Rock's Heart Radio. And thank you all for listening. And I can't wait to see whoever's listening. I want to see you all in person in Amsterdam at ESC 20. 23, and we're so excited to showcase ESC 2023 this month in the August podcast. Thank you so much. Keep listening. <laughs>